You've probably seen this scene in television shows or movies or even in commercials or in the cartoons. You have someone who needs to make a choice. We're going to call her Jane. And on one of Jane's shoulders is the little angel dressed in white with a halo, trying to encourage her to make a good, proper, righteous, ethical, and moral decision. And then on her other shoulder, we've got a little devil, little demon character dressed in red or black, possibly holding a little pitchfork, trying to convince Jane to do the improper thing, make the immoral choice, the bad choice, the sinful choice. And they, they, call, they talk to each other, and they almost try to convince each other, okay, this is why you should do this, no, this is why you should do this, and they're arguing back and forth with each other, and you have to wonder, what is Jane thinking? And you have to wonder, who is going to prevail and have influence over Jane? Who is going to influence her decision? The good or the bad? While we may not have an angel and a demon sitting on our shoulders, each one of us has choices that we have to make all the time. Whether we're going to make a good choice or a bad choice, how is this choice going to turn out? And so we may not have on our shoulders, but we can understand making the choice. And we can understand that there are influences in the choices that we make. In today's scripture, we have Jesus facing the temptation from the tempter. We have the tempter saying, turn these stones into bread. You haven't eaten in 40 days. Do that. We have the tempter putting him on the very top of the temple and saying, okay, jump. God will catch you. The angels are going to catch you. And then we have the tempter showing him all of the kingdoms and the riches in the world. If you just worship the devil, you can have all of this. And three times Jesus refutes that. Three times Jesus turns down the tempter. But what we see in those temptations, who is going to influence Jesus' choice? Is it God or is the tempter? Who is going to influence Jesus' path? I'm guessing almost all of us or all of us probably cannot relate to the exact temptations that are lined out in the Gospels. I know I have not gone 40 days without food. I have not done that. I don't think any of us have been placed on the top of a building and decided, well, let's test God and see if God will catch me when I jump. I don't think any of us have done that. And I'm pretty much guaranteed that none of us have seen all of the kingdoms and the riches of this world and told, give up all of this and worship a false God. I don't think we can really relate to those three exact temptations. But I think we can relate to the motivations beneath them. We can relate to what's causing these particular temptations. First, the tempter says to Jesus, you're hungry, turn, this, turn these stones into bread. Well, now we know from later scriptures that Jesus can multiply a couple of loaves of bread. We know that. What the tempter was asking him to do was to take the gifts and talents that God had given him and use them for own holy purposes. Maybe we make our way in the world by stepping on somebody else's back. Maybe we take the love that we've got here for each other and hoard it and keep it to ourselves instead of spreading it to unbelievers. Maybe I preach only for financial gain. We can understand the temptation of using what God has given us, but using it in a way that wasn't what God had in mind. And then the third temptation 
The tempter shows Jesus all of the kingdoms and all of the riches in the world and says, this will be all of yours if you bow down to me. Well, we know that in the end, Jesus is Lord of Lord and King of Kings, and all those kingdoms and all those riches are going to be under his rule. So what the tempter is saying is, let's take a shortcut. I'll get you to your goal. Let's take a shortcut together. Or we can sabotage a coworker for our own ends. We can steal from another kid at school. We can lie about another kid at school. We can make somebody look bad. We can not work and, and steal rather than earn our own way. While we may not be able to relate to the exact three temptations Jesus had, I think we can understand some of the underlying motivations behind them. Use what God has given you in the way that God did not intend. Let's take a shortcut to the goal rather than living our life in a righteous way. I think we can also relate to temptations in general. I think all of us face temptations all of the time. Last week, Steve bought a box of Girl Scout Thin Mints. They went to his work, thank goodness. But then he turned around and he bought a box of saltine crackers. No dietary fiber, no nutritional value whatsoever. I've already eaten an entire sleeve of them. And last night, Steve comes home with Oreos. We all face temptations in our lives. There's always something that's going to pull on us. It could be envy for what something someone else has. It can be lust. It can be money. It can be greed. It can be all sorts of things that tug at us. And so the question is, what temptations are you facing these days? And when that choice has to come, whose influence is going to be there? Is it going to be God's influence through your faith in Jesus Christ? Is it going to be someone, someone or something else? Essentially what we see in this passage between Jesus and the tempter, we see the devil's attempt to thwart the will of God. That's exactly what's happening here. Jesus was sent by God to be God's son here on earth. Jesus had work to do. He had peace and love to preach. He had disciples to gather. He had healings to do. He had an entire planet full of people that he needed to save. He had work to do. The devil knew this. The devil said, I'm going to try and throw you off track. I don't want this to happen. So I'm going to try and thwart the will of God. How does the tempter try to thwart our calling placed upon us by God to thwart the will of God in our own lives? I think it happens in subtle, simple ways. In subtle, simple ways. In order for us to know what God's will is in our life and what God is asking us to do, we have to spend time with God. We have to spend time in prayer, time in Bible study, time in meditation, time in worship, but we get distracted. We get distracted. We have distractions in our life that take us away from that time. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was at a meeting, completely unrelated to church work, but I was at a meeting, and I left that meeting just miffed. I was irked. It, it was that moment where you're just like, and you just, I call Steve and I vent, and I call somebody else to, to vent, and I'm just like, just fussing over this one thing. 
I came up to the church to get some work done. I was out front changing the letters on the sign. They don't magically change, by the way. Somebody has to change the letters on the sign. And I was changing the letters on the sign when one of our Seven Loaves East client pulled in the parking lot. And he was a member of a family that we paid some bills for in December. And he came up to me and he said, Pastor, I just wanted you to know how grateful I am. I want you to know I got my job back. They've given me all the hours that I need right now. I'm just leaving the job site to go home and have lunch with my wife, and then I'm going to be heading back to work. And I want to thank you for getting us through. And, and I asked him how their Christmas was. They had a delightful Christmas. They had a wonderful Christmas together with friends, and, and things were looking up. And as he drove away, I promise you, I could hear Jesus laughing at me. Jesus was laughing, saying, all that stuff you were irked about, yeah, that's a distraction, this. This is the work of the kingdom. Keep your mind in the game. I think we have those distractions in our life. What do we do when we've got these temptations? What do we do when these distractions come up? I think we can learn what we can do by looking at what Jesus did. I want us to look at what Jesus did. It's said that Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. That word fast there is specific. Jesus didn't just stop eating. He didn't just skip a meal or two. He didn't, he didn't just not eat. Fasting is a spiritual discipline. It is a spiritual discipline of consciously replacing physical nourishment with spiritual nourishment. The way you fast is when it comes time for breakfast, instead of eating your meal, you sit down with your Bible, you pray, you meditate, you may journal, but it is a conscious decision to time that you had dedicated to food, I'm going to put it to deepening my relationship with God. Jesus fasted. Jesus chose to spend time in prayer and meditation in God's presence, deepening that relationship. My guess is that Jesus was just pulling all of that strength from God in that time of 40 days of temptation, that he just, he just sucked all of that up, and it was a conscious decision, an intentional decision to have that time. The second thing that we see Jesus do is that when the three major temptations happen, he's quoting scripture. He's quoting the words that God has given he was quoting what he knew. He turned to what he knew and he used that in those moments. We too can go to scripture and pull strength from that, but only if we know what's there. We need to read scripture. We need to reread scripture. We need to read it again and again. We need to be with each other, having conversations and discussions. What do you think it means here? What do you draw from this? And I'm going to add right here, don't always believe what somebody else tells you is in Scripture. Go look it up for yourself. It doesn't say in Scripture that everything happens for a reason. It does not say in Scripture that God will not give you more than you can handle. Neither one of those are there. There's a lot of quotes on Facebook coming from Scripture. Look it up. Because some of them aren't right. Look it up for yourself. You've got to know what's there you got to know what's there. And the third thing I want us to catch, we talked about it last week. Jesus was in the very real presence of God during those temptations. God didn't abandon Jesus during that time. Jesus took intentional time to sit with God, to drink from God's strength, to pull that nourishment. We have access to the very real presence of God on a daily basis through the Holy Spirit. 
And when we spend time learning how the Holy Spirit's communicating with us, those nudges, those pushes, those shoves, those little inclinations that the Holy Spirit gives us, we got to tap into that. The Holy Spirit is both God and a gift from God for guidance and leadership and correction and teaching. If we don't tap into that gift, we're going to lose our way on the path. We find strength when we are tempted. We find strength when we are distracted through intentional time with God. Yes, worship is important. It is important to be here. But is it quality worship? Are you just here going through the motions? Or are you here intentionally spending quality time with God? There's a difference. How can you make this time in this space more impactful in your own life. Yes, spending time in Scripture is important, but we got to read it. We've got to know what's there. We've got to ask questions. We've got to understand what's there. Yes, prayer time is important, but are your prayer times just a list of needs and wants? God, give me this. God, give me that. Or are you spending time learning how to listen to God in those moments? what God sounds like for you. Are you spending time trying to hear from God better? I thought this week of some examples, and the more I thought about them, the realize, it was, I was realizing they're not new examples for me. It's, it's examples that started when I was a teenager and have continued until now. I know people who were regular worship attenders, who were Bible study leaders, who were youth counselors, regulars, and temptation got in there, destroyed marriages, wrecked families, destroyed relationships. Sitting here isn't enough. Tending a Bible study, it's not enough. Reading scripture and prayer, it's not enough. We have to make it quality time. Are you allowing God to convict you? Are you allowing God to challenge you? Are you allowing yourself to read those difficult Bible passages and struggle with them? How much time have you spent in Scripture this week? How much time have you spent in prayer this week? Are your prayers a two-way street or just a one-way street? Think about the amount of time and the quality of time that you are spending with the Lord, the only one who can give you the strength to stand up to the temptations and to take away those distractions. Last week we talked about the new holy sanctified life that comes to us through baptism. We talked about that last week. Practicing in spiritual disciplines, spending quality time with God, those are marks of a holy and sanctified life. That's where we need to turn to find our strength. Ultimately, Jesus' choice was made. The devil wasn't going to make Jesus' choices for him. Jesus chose God. We have those same choices. Who is going to influence our path? Who is going to guide our directions? Is it our Jesus Christ through our faith? Or is it someone and something else? Examine where the temptations are coming from in your own life. Examine what it is that's trying to get you off of the path God has called you to. Examine those distractions. What can you live without? 
Take a look at the time you're spending with God. Take a look at the time you're spending in prayer and worship and Bible study. Think about your priorities. What's important in your life? Does God even make the list at all? Spend time with Jesus. Do so with a vulnerable and a humble heart. Let Jesus in. Spend time with other Christians, but in a way that they can hold you accountable. Be honest, be vulnerable, be true, be real. So that one of us can go up to you and say, hey, do you need a little help in this area? Let me know. I'm here for you. Follow that path that Jesus has laid in front of you. Find the strength to do so from the only one who can give it. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.